This episode is brought to you by Ectoplasm. Get ghosted. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dirty Dirty Show, where we talk about things you shouldn't say around your mom. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, is Abby Daniel Garrett. Today, we're going to be talking about the paranormal. So, before we get started, know we congratulate y'all last episode on getting married, but and I know y'all kind of didn't really have too much of a honeymoon since everything was shut down. But other than that, like, did y'all have, in short term, did y'all have a good time on your honeymoon? Yeah, it was better than going to work. Oh, yeah. 100% better than going And we work. didn't have to talk to anybody for a whole week, so that was pretty cool. Word. So it was basically like a, what are the stay-at-home vacation? Staycation? Is that what they call it? Homie moon. Yeah, homie, a homie moon? A homie moon. Yeah. That's that's when you and the bros go out for, for a honeymoon. No, we ignored our bros. Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> yep. So. Saturday was for the boys. Saturday was for nothing. Um. Sorry, I'm... ASMR. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Chris with AMS. Never With AMSR. Alright. So we got a few ghost stories to tell y'all tonight. Starting off with Garrett. I know you said you don't have too much, mm-hmm. but tell what you got, man. Okay. Well, I only have one kind of ghost story and one that I can neither confirm nor deny. Because I wasn't there. Um, so the first one was when we lived in our house in um, Ashland. And me and my sister, every time we'd walk into the bathroom, the lights would flicker. And only for us two. And, like, when we would be laying in bed at night, we could hear footsteps in the attic. She sure wasn't like a squirrel. Oh, I, yes, I'm sure. Dog. Because I remember going up into the attic one night. Just after hearing what I thought was footsteps, and it was like 3.30 in the morning, and my heart was beating so fast that I thought I was going to have a heart attack and fall out of the attic. (laughs) Well, shit, if you were scared, you should have just said something. Uh, What? I don't know. (laughs) That's his newest saying. He says it all the time. (sighs) Catchphrases with Daniel. My question is... Why did you even think about going into the attic at 3.30 after hearing footsteps? Because I wanted to know if there was a person in my attic. I'm trying to imagine it now. Just you being there, hearing footsteps at 3.30 in the morning. Waking up waking at- up to footsteps. Oh, sorry. Waking up <laughs> yeah. to footsteps in the attic at 3.30 in the morning. You'd be like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go in the attic and check it out. Get killed. Sounds like a good thing to do. Well... I was laying in bed and I heard it and I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not real. And then I checked the attic. There was nothing up there. I was freaking out the whole time. Came back down. Couldn't go to sleep for the rest of the night. Asked my family about it when I, when we all woke up the next morning and they were like, oh yeah, that happens sometimes. (laughs) And I was like, does it? Because why does that happen? So hypothetically speaking, what would you have done if you found somebody up there? Um, beat their ass. <laughs> yeah, because I definitely see a, a freshly woken up Garrett At in the attic. 14, 15 years old. In the pitch black dark. <laughs> Unless you had a light up there. Even then. Fighting from the low ground on a ladder to the attic. 
what would possibly be a full grown person. Your parents coming out, stop, stop. It's just the person that lives in our attic. <laughs> Garrett, he, pay, he paid rent this month. Stop. It's, it's just, just Jerry. It's just Garrett just sleepwalking up there, just beating the shit out of a guy. Like he doesn't even realize what he's doing. He still thinks he's asleep and he's just fucking wailing on the dude. <laughs> what are you doing, Garrett? I'm looking for the light switch. <laughs> As he beats the shit out of the guy. Okay, the other one, um, so this was a story told to us by my grandfather on my mom's side, and my grandma and him and a lot of people were able to confirm it because it's happened multiple times over the years. It happened the first time when he lived in his family home when he was, I don't know, I guess a teenager, and it was super late at night. They lived in the middle of nowhere, super important to the story. There was nobody around them. They lived on some land, and there was no possible way that there would ever be anybody outside of his house. But he said it was like, I think really early in the morning, between 4 and 6 a.m., and he woke up to the sound of kids playing, like little kids outside of his window playing, like sounded like they were kicking a ball or doing something the kids would do. And they were all laughing and giggling and playing and everything. And he said as soon as he, he... started freaking out his heart started beating really fast and he got up to look out his window and as soon as he peeked out the window noise stopped hmm did this happen uh like multiple times or was this just one time multiple times in different houses uh to my knowledge but never really figured out why the same noises same noises. Same I sounds. Like I don't like When did you say when he started hearing this? Uh, It was way back when he was a teenager. Okay. Did, his it, family home. did it follow with him his entire life? Uh, Yeah. I think it only happened a couple times, like three times total. So it wasn't very frequent. Right. But it was enough to be like, all right, why does this keep happening? I don't mm-hmm. like that at all. Enough to, to rule it out as... A dream. Right. Yeah. And he will tell you straight up like he was awake. Straight up, 100% awake. He knows for a fact that he was awake because afterwards, same thing, couldn't sleep all night. Was awake throughout the entire next day. So it wasn't like a lucid dream or sleep paralysis, anything like that? Don't think so. Probably petrified at the sound of children playing outside when you're in the middle of nowhere. Children are the creepiest, though. I don't care what anyone says. 100%. Dude. At this point, my granddad basically is a ghost. <laughs> and I say that with full respect. That man is a fucking tank and so a half. Didn't he die like a couple times? He has died. He died a couple times after his, he had a massive heart attack in, I don't know, it happened when I was a kid, when I was five, four or five years old. So 20-ish years ago plus. And he vividly remembers like, his spirit per se leaving his body and could describe everything happening, happening in the room around him while he was flatlined. Damn. Said he felt a light pulling him and he kept pulling away, pulling away. And then when he got far enough away, woke back up. Wow. Like in his body alive. That's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> see, when mom when mom flatlined, she I asked her, you know, if she saw anything like that. She goes, I don't remember anything. She's like, granted, when she flatlined, it was maybe for like 
a minute or so. Right. But she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> you said it like it's no big deal. Yeah. She died for a whole minute, but whatever. It wasn't yeah, long enough. She was dead. <laughs> and I think it's she's not. seven minutes after losing your heartbeat that you, there's not enough oxygen to the brain that if you somehow snap back into life, you're either going to be brain dead, paralyzed, something's going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, I think it's seven minutes because I remember looking it up because I think my granddad was, he wasn't quote unquote dead for that long, but it was a pretty, what I would call a decent amount of time. It's more time than I've been dead. Is that what seven minutes in heaven comes from? You know, the closet game? <clears throat> Maybe. That's weird. I don't like that. I, I, I know. I never, never played. I never played either, but it was in the movies. <laughs> never been in the closet. Daniel. Yeah, you've always been out there. It'd be like that sometimes. But yeah, I think that's all I really have for ghost stories. Now, Abby, I know you, you've had a pretty, pretty long paranormal life. Pretty. You know, to say, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my words straight here. I'm, I'm kind of tired. So as you stab yourself in the eye, life. you had a pretty Quite long paranormal, paranormal life. experience. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of like you grew up around basically the paranormal like your entire life. Yeah. It's kind of sad because I think that a lot of it I don't remember on purpose, but I remember like the significant things. Like I used to live on top of a general store in our area that we live in. And I was probably like, we moved there when I was like five, maybe. And it was really old. Like, God, it's been there since probably like the 1800s. So there's an apartment on top of it. So it's just like a bedroom that's like, it's the whole length of the store. So it's like half the length is the bedroom. Behind that is the bathroom. And then you just have the kitchen. The living room is one tiny room. And there's a really long attic thing behind that. So the attic thing was a no-go. Abby never went in there (laughs) because the one time she did when they first moved in there, she just got this really, it's always hot and you feel cold every time you went in. And I was like, that's not okay. I'm not okay with that at all. So I never went in there again. My dad always had to go in there to get stuff for me because he kept all my stuff in there, like my stuffed animals and stuff because we had to share our room. (laughs) And so I always thought my stuff was getting like, ghost all over it because it was going <laughs> in, in the attic room and i swear to god that i thought he was bringing those bags and bringing the ghosts into my room every time because every time he would go get me something i felt something was with me in my room there was this giant he got me this gigantic ballerina mirror and i had it for nope forever and i mean gigantic it took Ew. up the whole wall while we're talking about mirrors i hate to interject and change topics for a moment the mirror at the end of your hallway it's not going I anywhere hate it. Garrett. i, hate I it. want to let you know that i've multiple times in my half asleep state when walking to and from a bathroom have put my fist through a mirror you do <laughs> for not. thinking there was somebody beside me do not yeah do not break that mirror that, i'm going to try my very best that is my great grandmother's mirror great yeah so Which there's there's you nothing attached that, to you're it. You're gonna be haunted for yeah. sure. Well, there's there's definitely nothing attached to that. Okay, I know that. For it's a just fact. really creepy because it's a small mirror at the end of a long hallway. So it's like when you kinda, catch yourself at the nothing end. Nothing like, else on the wall. <laughs> kind of gives you like the Shining vibes. <laughs> sometimes it kind of creeps me out. It kind of creeps me out sometimes because like when I shut all the lights <laughs> off and I'm walking down the hallway, I, you know, I won't have the hallway light on, but I have my bedroom light on so I can see myself in the reflection. And I get thinking, I'm like, man, if something just like runs out from behind like the kitchen and runs into the Why? room, Where did you I'll be able to see this. Why would your brain go there? 
Yours I, doesn't? That's terrifying. Well, when, No, it's more like, who the fuck is at the end of my hallway? Well, when it gets to me, I, I, I got a story for you. So, Oh, God. Okay. Abby, continue. I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, so the mirror was gigantic, and I was always scared that there was going to be something in the mirror reflection that was going to freak me out every time he brought my toys in, whatever. So I went a long time without hearing anything, but as soon as my grandpa moved in with us, he was probably like 60 by then, but he was an alcoholic. So everything he said was completely bogus but i believed everything that he said and made me start to believe it and you know when you believe something your mind starts playing tricks on you especially as a kid so there was another attic on top of the apartment that we never put anything in because the landlord stuff was up there she said and he used to tell me that way before we moved in there was a girl up there who got locked in there by the people she lived with and starved to death and died. And that sometimes late at night, he could hear her banging on the attic door, screaming for help. And I never believed him until I heard it. I'm confused. Was he also an asshole who liked to fuck yes. with kids? Yes. But. <laughs> so do you think it was your. If I hadn't already had experiences, which I'll tell you about in a second, I would not have believed this. So he also told me that the man that she lived with that put her up there was still around the apartment. The only reason I believe that is because the bathroom was just as long as my bedroom was. And because it's on top of a really old building, the ceiling was like kind of at an angle. So whenever you stood in the shower, you had to like crank your head to the side so you could stand. (laughs) It's really small. So every time I was on the on the toilet, like the back of the door had a mirror on it that was already there. Nope. (laughs) And one time I got up, it was in the morning, I just woken up. And I got up to pull my pants up, and I saw a reflection of a man in a fisherman outfit. Like one of those yellow rubber, like, fisherman outfits. All the way at the end of the bathroom. All the way, sorry, all the way at the end of the bathroom. (laughs) And so I screamed bloody murder. (laughs) And I couldn't even get my pants up. Like, I'm, like, running out and, like, (laughs) tripping over my pants. Like, I cannot... My dad's like, what the fuck is going on in here? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> there's somebody in the bathroom. I don't know who it is. Like, I, my brain could not process to turn my head to look to see if someone was back there or not. I just saw the reflection and was like, nope. I think that's a good thing because if you'd have looked over there and saw nothing, I feel like you'd have been a little more freaked out. So just from reading about paranormal <clears throat> things, kids are apparently more vulnerable because their spirit, their aura hasn't matured enough to have that you know, that layer yeah. where they're harder to reach. Yeah. The, so, the other thing too is on a child, their third eye um, is still open because they haven't been, haven't had the world to close it yet. Okay. And, you know, when people, when, you know, a kid runs up and goes, you know, I saw, I saw a man wearing a brown hat in the house. Yeah. Most parents go, oh, it was your imagination, your imagination. And that's what shuts down that third eye. You know, when I was reading about it, I, there were several videos attached. And I'm, I'm very upset that I took the time to watch the videos. <laughs> because there's kids that just like, they're on properties or they're in houses where things happened a long, long time ago. And there's been rumors about such and such going on, paranormal activity. And not the movie. And <laughs> like, the videos were, were some of the kids just sitting in the corner like talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and then uh like one of the moms in for instance in the video was like who are you talking to my mom did that to me when i was a kid yeah and the kid said oh it's blah my friend and then mom got interested looked it up found out that there was a kid who died in that house by the name that the kid 
said. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if my daughter (laughs) ever is talking to somebody, I'm just going to be like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to George. I'm going to be like, sweet. Tell George I said hi. And leave it at that. I'm not going to look into it. (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, my dad didn't believe me. Six people. (laughs) (laughs) My dad didn't believe me, but across the street from where I lived, there was a church. There still is. And it was a Civil War ground back in the day. Uh So I think that building was probably a hot spot anyway. But when I saw that, and then when my my grandpa moved in after that and told me about the girl in the ceiling, I believed him because I was like, oh, I'm sure because I think I saw the man. Which is why I didn't like my stuffed animals being in that room because I thought that man was in there like infecting them all and then he brings them straight into my room. Ghost stuff. Like I was like, lock that bitch in the bathroom. I don't want to see his ass in my bedroom. Man is ectoplasming all over your your bitch. I slept literally next to my dad for so long. I think the whole time we lived there, I slept next to my dad. Like we lived there for like three years. We moved out when I was like eight. Then we moved to the next house, which I lived in until I was 16. That place was, like, worse. So much worse. (laughs) Like, that one, luckily, though, I never saw anything. It was just the noises that you hear because you're in an old, cheap house, you know? Like, my friends would come over, and we'd be in the living room, and then the bathroom. The, quote-unquote, settling noises. Yeah. The faucet turning on in the bathtub. (laughs) It's settling. (laughs) Not even drips. It's full-on going, and we're like... Looking at well, each other like, I'm not going to turn that off. Or are you turning the that off? It's fine. And my dad's like, why is the water bill so high? I'm like, oh, that's the fucking undead. I don't fucking know. I walked into Chris's house not that long ago. This or like the one that he currently lives in. Yeah. And he, I called him because I was like, hey, did you like leave the radio on for the dog? And he was like, yeah, but the batteries are probably dead or dying, which is which makes the radio just kind of go to static. When I walked into the house, the dog was whimpering. And all I heard was the loudest fucking volume that it could have possibly been. And I was like, nope, nope. And I walked right back out and I called Chris immediately. I was like, yo, Bring a gun please tell me, to, like, please here, tell me boy. you left the radio on on a <laughs> fucked up channel or something. I even came in the house and made sure it didn't like fall over because it's a little antenna thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, not going in there right now because he's had some. I'm not going to call them issues. If you're listening, whatever <laughs> you may be attached to Chris is his back or whatever his backpacker. But we love you, buddy. Yeah. I don't know if you're fucking with shit, but you're you're cool. Speaking of, it's your turn and you should tell him about Jerry. <laughs> I haven't really had any problems with Jerry. Like Not I'm, problems, but you can tell him what we've noticed. Let's talk about the experience we've right, had well, with Jerry. We'll start with the past experiences first and then work up to Well let's let's one. explain who Jerry <laughs> is first. He was a race okay. car driver. Stop it. <laughs> so we're not a hundred percent positive on who jerry actually is but jerry is the ghost that currently resides in mine and abby's house are you sure his name is jerry no we're we not sure his that. name is jerry but that's what we call him and he doesn't seem to have a problem with it and they won't let me go in and investigate it they will mostly because we are perfectly fine with him doing what he's doing because he's not bothering us and i don't want you to piss it off i'm not gonna piss off whatever Damn it off. is i apologize buddy i'm not gonna piss off you know whatever apparate apparition is there i'm pretty sure it is a residual not a intelligent so what you're hearing is just repetitive stuff of yeah. the 
energy that is still in the house from whoever it was. I'm pretty sure that I'm okay with that, and I don't think you're qualified enough for me to feel comfortable with you doing it. I don't think we should be naming it or classifying its gender until we know what the fuck. No, he likes it. Yeah, he's he's perfectly fine with the name Jerry. Okay. He has his own room in the house. We keep it nice and clean. Stays pretty cool in there. At the moment, it's packed full of wedding shit, but he doesn't seem to mind too much because it doesn't move. I'm the only one that has slept in Jerry's room. Yeah, well, twice. Have fun. Anyhow, enjoy your death. Back to prior experiences. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of paranormal experiences growing up. I feel like every place I've lived, I've had experiences. So we used to live in Ashland, in the same neighborhood that you used to live in. Huh. Uh, the house we lived in was a Cape Cod-style house like the one Abby and I live in currently. So, you know, it had the two rooms upstairs and a full downstairs. Well, yep. I was real young, like, you know, four or five years old, something like that. I used to sit at the top of the staircase. We had a bookshelf. I would wake up in the middle of the night and just sit there with a flashlight and read a book because I got bored and couldn't go back to sleep. Creepy. <laughs> Which didn't bother me, but it is stuck in my head that, yeah, you know, I was always told by my parents about, you know, the old foundation settling noise and stuff like creaks and moans and shit like that. Until you're sitting at the top of the stairs, not able to make this shit up, reading a book, and you hear footsteps start at the bottom of the stairs and come all the way up the stairs to where you're sitting and then disappear. Like, nope. Mm-mm. We had cats in the house, but it was distinct footsteps up the stairs. I knew this because two of the stairs would creak. Nope. <laughs> and I would hear that. And it's weird shit. I don't know if, if my brother remembers hearing it or anything like that. But So that was that. Uh, another experience we had in the house was we had two couches. One was set up against the back wall. One was set up against the windows. Well, me and my mom were sitting on one, the one at the windows. And... I'm not too certain I remember it as much as my mom does, Um, but I'm pretty positive I can remember most of it. We used to be, I wouldn't say haunted, but visited by a a little girl. And one day, my cousin Dougie was over, and he was sitting on the couch, and he had longer hair at the time, and you just see the back of his hair just stand up and start curling. And he would sit there and pat his head, Uh! pat the pat the back of his head down with his hand. He's like, feels like something's touching me. But he's sitting up against the wall. (laughs) And my mom distinctly remembers looking at it and being like, hey, that's pretty cool. Because it's, like I said, his hair would just go up and just start twirling. Like somebody was twirling One strand or was like a few? Like a few. Hmm. Like just twirling it around her finger. So, couldn't have been static. And Uh. it's... We're not certain who else was in there, but we're pretty certain that uh, one of our neighbors was one of my mom's friends from high school. His name was Marshall. Well, he killed himself. And, you know, my mom and him were really close and pretty certain that she's had conversations with him. And uh, she used to tell us about she would be having a bad day or something and she would hear noises inside her room. I'm sorry, conversations with him post-death? Yes. Yeah, she does that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> she would be having like a it's bad weird. day or something and being there crying or something like that. And she would hear stuff moving around the room. Well, like I said, his name was Marshall. And she would be like, hey, Marshall, is is that you? And next thing you know, she would feel like just wait, sit on the other end of the bed. 
And she would sit there and talk to him. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. <clears throat> then we moved to an apartment, <clears throat> which, you know, we had noises and stuff like that, but we had neighbors. We could kind of rule it out as kids or somewhat rule it out as kids or just people going up and downstairs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when you have all the windows closed in the house, the air conditioning unit is turned off. And you have doors opening and closing by themselves. And I'm not talking just barely opening. I'm talking like slamming shut when you talk about certain people. And a lot of times we would be sitting downstairs, and Abby can even tell you from experience, we'd be sitting downstairs, it'd be like me, her, and my mom, or her and my mom. Um, And they would be talking, and you would hear my bedroom door just start opening and closing. Or you would be sitting there having a conversation in mid-conversation. You would look at the stairs and the light upstairs would turn on and turn off mm-hmm. and turn on and turn off. And there would be nobody else in the house. Specifically when you talk about his one uncle, like his one uncle, for <sighs> some reason, every time you talk about him, some stupid shit goes on upstairs. And you're like, dude, like being in the shower and knowing that he's like going to be there is like, okay, can you leave the room now? Because I'm about to get out the shower. <laughs> like he He was a guy who liked to have fun. He'd like to fuck with people a lot. Like people in the family, play tricks on them and shit like that. But he would never do anything to hurt anybody. But I thought, that on the stairs. Cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. Or you but, know, you know, all you got to do is just ask them, you know, to leave you alone and that they'll leave you alone. That's no yeah, fun. We'll see if they're having fun and it's not bothering me. I don't see a problem with it. Right. I would much rather just have them do it and be able to sit there and have conversations with them. Cause I mean, it's, some people might not think they're intelligent life because there's nothing there, but I feel like they can still understand you. It's just you can't quite understand them because they're not physically able to talk to us like we're talking right now. Mm. You know, they either give you feelings of comfort, feelings of discomfort, pain, stuff like that. And I'm, whatever. <clears throat> but I've, I've never felt... Uh, a feeling of discomfort anywhere. Um, every experience I've had, I've always had the the, you know, the adrenaline going where your heart is racing and you know something's there. But I always have a feeling of comfort, like yeah, I know something's here, but nothing's going to happen to me. Like I'm perfectly safe in being where I'm at right now. The fact that you didn't feel like someone was going to push you down the <laughs> stairs when they're walking up to towards you is crazy. Because I would have been like, uh, no, no, she's ran to my room. That's another thing that makes me think that. It may not be like random people, but people we know or people who were close to the family because I don't know about you, but I don't get a whole lot of comfortable feeling around strangers. I mean, kind of got to get a feeling for you at first based on your actions or how you talk or stuff like that. But when it comes to paranormal stuff, I feel like it's either it's there to just be there and it's going through a routine or it's somebody you know, or just in general, they're going to give you a feeling of discomfort. Like, hey, I'm warning you, don't be here anymore. Right. Like, don't get away from here, do whatever. Uh, It's really weird. More recently, like the past couple of years than before, I don't know how often you go driving down the road at night, but you ever had the feeling of you're driving down the road and you like see something on the side of the road and you kind of look See, it's there. Take your eyes away from it and put it back, and it's not there anymore. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's ha- started happening a lot more recently than, than not recently. So, 
<laughs> Do you think maybe, like Chris, you have a backpacker? Uh, I'm not 100% positive. I feel like Jerry would be our backpacker, if anything, because he's there. He I don't think he comes us. with us places, though. I think he stays at the house. <laughs> yeah, but the it's thing is, <laughs> everything that I see like going down the road or something, it's not the same thing. It's always different things. There's been events at your house while you were not there, while somebody else was there, though. So yeah. that would tell me that that apparition is in the house. It's attached, it's attached to our house. house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could you could be opening yourself up a little more to the energy and paranormal and stuff like that here in the last few years. And you're opening up to the possibility of these entities or energies or anything like that. So there are, they are manifesting themselves to you. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a problem with that. It's, I'm perfectly okay with the paranormal. I actually really enjoy learning and, and Having these experiences, I would say, like seeing stuff happen or not having an explanation to it kind of piques my interest. The one thing I have noticed is Jerry makes himself, the the presence in our house, makes himself more more present, more noticeable uh, when like the feelings are high in the house, like when the emotions are, are high. Like everything going into planning the wedding, me and Abby, wouldn't really be like arguing because we're mad but we're just so stressed that we would start getting irritated and we would argue about trash yeah we would (laughs) we're not going there we were surprised jerry didn't come out we would (laughs) we would raise our voices or stuff like that or just get worked up uh and you would notice that he would be opening doors there was one day where we closed the same door four times without opening it without Without opening opening it. it So <laughs> he's just fucking with y'all. Other than, day, watch this. But again, that was a day that we had just got to our wits end with the amount of stress that we were under and trying to figure things out. Let me tell you what's up here. <laughs> that was the day that I asked Daniel to stay home for a reason and he left. So before he left, I was being dramatic like I always am and walking around the house and slamming doors and ignoring him and like whatever and going back to my room and ignoring him again and slamming all these doors like opening doors just to slam them to be annoying and then i went back to bed because i was like okay well he's leaving so i don't give a fuck like whatever (laughs) so then he leaves and then i know for a fact that i shut these doors because i slammed them to be dramatic so i know they're (laughs) all closed okay and i walk out walk to the kitchen to get something to eat once he's gone and i have to close the door next to our bedroom the extra bedroom that's back there and then i fix something to eat and then i take it back to my room i have to shut the door again and then i leave when daniel calls me to do something i go out to the living room and i close the door the again the door latch and the door frame is not broken completely latches nope. completely unopenable like you cannot push it open you have to twist the knob like a normal door and open it and we have shit in there so sometimes you have to shove it for it to open <laughs> And I had to close that door so many times that day. I was getting pissed off. Junior said one time that the our bedroom has a remote. Like, the ceiling fan has a remote where you turn the light and the fan on. And that's the only... There's no switch? There's a switch, but it's always on because it's the remote. Thing. Okay. So, it. but even if you turn it off, it doesn't affect the light for some reason. Yeah. So, our light was on, which we always turn it off every day. It's just a habit. So, we didn't turn it... I guess... We turned it off that morning, but Junior was trying to turn it back off while we were at work. And he couldn't figure out how because the remote was by our bed. So he would, the switch wasn't working. So once we got home, he asked Daniel how to turn it off. And Daniel was like, why the fuck is it on? 
I don't understand why it's on. So that was the only time he's ever fucked with our room was when he's turning our bedroom light on. He doesn't touch our door. He doesn't do anything with our door. Something really weird that I just thought of, though, is our door has a separate lock on it. It has one of those latchy, like, up, over, down locks that hmm. I never knew why it had one because the doorknob works fine, so I don't understand that. Unless the lady that lived there really hated her kids <laughs> before us. Or hated herself. Yeah, you just reminded me about something. I don't know why you reminded me of something, but so I when I got my, my Ford that I currently have, um, it's got remote start on it, and I remember... So after me and my ex broke up and she moved out, it was just me in the house. And um, I I was got my garage door installed for the remote open so yeah. that I could park it in the garage like it was fucking designed for. <laughs> I remember parking my car in there and I remember waking up one night to my car starting with my keys on my dresser. Uh-uh. I'd never touched my keys or anything. And I it only happened once. Hmm. So I figured it was just like a a fault in the remote start and I still have the car and it still has never happened again. Never, uh-uh. in, the amount, but never in the amount of time that you've owned it has done it more than that. No. And that was at the time that everything was like high, very, very stressful for yeah. me because of the, what was going on. And so, like I said, I, and you of course, broken out over there, bud? me, when I woke up, I was like, somebody's fucking stealing my car right now. And then I was like, wait, because I, I had home security system. It would tell me when the garage opened. It would tell me when the side garage door opened. It would tell me when the front door opened. It would tell me when the back door opened. And I had window sensors. So I had it locked down like Fort Knox in that bitch. And I had no notifications on my phone, which means nothing had been opened. Everything was still locked because my phone said it was. And, and I keys went and checked beside. everything. My keys were not <laughs> even within reach of the bed. And they were sometimes... so. What I can say about my key fob for my Ford is that it is extremely sensitive. I set my car off, car alarm off often by accident, just like grazing it on something. And so the car like alarm goes off. Put it like in your crazy. pocket or something and it goes off. Yeah. So it is very, very sensitive. It was sitting with the key fob part facing up on my dresser. Like it couldn't have across pressed the against room. anything. It could not have pressed on anything. And even if it did press on anything, what the fuck put pressure on it? And it would have set the alarm off, not started your car. Yeah. And, yeah, to start the car, you have to hit lock twice, then hold the top of it to start what the car. What the fuck? Yeah, so you have to double tap the lock button and then hold it for three <laughs> seconds to start the car. <laughs> Can you imagine that ghost sitting over your shoulder taking notes, being like, all right, bet. Yeah. <laughs> tonight I'm going to get his I ass. So I'm going to put it on his ass tonight. Immediately, because I'm skeptical, I, th- I, th- I was thinking, like, Maybe somebody hacked into my car because modern cars have computer systems. Yeah. Like, what if they're just trying to steal my car and then tried to break into the garage, couldn't get in? Or, I don't know. I mean, there were signs all through my front yard that said, hey, I have a fucking security system and cameras, bitch. Don't come on this property unless you want to get caught. Yeah. But not to say that somebody wouldn't if they're stupid. But either way, where I lived... It's not likely that somebody has the intelligence or the software or the money to have the software to hack into my car to steal a Ford Focus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be stealing nicer cars. Like, my car is okay, but it's not 
stealable. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, I'm going to hack into it to take it. It's worth. not the first car that you would think about stealing. Oh, hell like, no. Oh, the fact that you have to hack into the garage to hack into the car. You have to ha- yeah, you have to hack into the garage door into the opener. Secu- into the security camera, into the garage yeah. opener, so into the to- car. Oh, man, Sounds no, like I, way too much. I, saying, I got it but right yeah, now. You I, know what I was, car I really want? A Ford Focus. My <laughs> my bedroom was right up against my garage. Yeah. And so the walls were pretty thin as well. And you could hear everything in the garage from inside the bedroom. Um, but yeah, I remember waking up to my car starting. I ran outside with my gun because I thought somebody was taking my car. And like... When I swung the front door open to go check on my car, the alarm started going off. So that was still active. Everything was still active. So if the garage door had been opened, my alarm would have went crazy. Yeah. And when I got out there, there was nothing in the garage, nobody around, nothing. And the just car your was car just started sitting there running. And I heard it start through the wall. I don't so like it's not that. like I didn't turn it off. That's creepy as fuck. And even if I <laughs> did turn it on or leave it on, my car has a safety feature where it would have turned off automatically after uh, three minutes of no of no key being in the car. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, things happen like that when energies are high. You know, like like Daniel Abbey with y'all. You know, the stress of the wedding and stuff like that. Jerry was more active with what Garrett, what you had going on. Things get more active. Same thing for me. You know, when I had my stuff going on, things got active. Um, but my stuff really didn't start happening probably till last year, y'all think? After that, because I told you this year your shit was haunted and you told me it wasn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean. It was like right before COVID that your shit started really hitting the wall and you're like, okay, something's going on. Well, I mean. I've, <laughs> probably I in a, hindsight, though, you probably recognize events that were happening. You're like, okay, that's not. Yeah. And I think a lot of it I was chalking it up to, eh, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. For your own sake. Like, yeah. All the house is just settling. <laughs> but I mean, like, my first paranormal experience was later in life. Mine was like uh, probably my junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up at Gettysburg one night and was. Not to toot my own horn, but my first one was junior year of high school, too. I just happened to be 15, 14. Okay. <laughs> Kid genius over here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, when? What? 14, 15? When? Junior year of high school. No, when the fuck did I ask? Oh. Okay. Continue, please. I hate it here so much. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I watched a uh, big, basic, uh, basically a beach ball size orb that was, like, radiating blue on the outside, but, like, on the inside of the orb was white. I watched it come out of the ground make a hard 90-degree right turn, and then shoot behind a tree and disappear. Oh, so you also sleepwalk. No. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. If I was sleepwalking, someone better fucking woke me up because that was a hike to get to where I was at. Really? Yeah. You fucked up. So um, <laughs> so that was my first experience. And, and real, realistically, I didn't have too many experiences till I, I moved into my house. Um, I talked to my sister uh, recently and was asking her about our grandmother's house that we used to stay in all the time. And I always felt, growing up, I always felt nervous and scared and uneasy in certain parts of the house. It was only the, if you look at the front door, only on the left side of the house, the entire left side of the house. Whether you were in the basement, first floor, or second floor, you always felt uneasy on the left side of the house. 
or if you're going up the steps, there was a reading area on the right that like overlooked down like the steps and like down on the hallway. And you could always feel like someone was watching you from up there too. And I, and I was talking to her about it and recently, and she was like, yeah, you know, I felt this, I felt this. I was like, you felt it too. I didn't, it wasn't just me because like I, I, I kept it bottled up for so long because I was like, okay, my, my family's going to think I'm nuts. They probably already did. No, like, yeah. they, they already do. You should have just said it. So, but no, I mean, my experiences, like I said, happened in my house. Um, about last year, there was, I got woken up or no, I wasn't, I wasn't asleep yet. Um, I was just laying there on Facebook or something like that. And um, above, Dozing. yeah. And, you know, above, above my head, I heard some knocks and some scratches and I heard like it was like knock, knock, scratch, knock, like in knock, the scratch. Wall. Yes, in the wall behind my head, like up high. And my roommate at the time, I was just thinking, oh, you know, he's getting it in, something like that. <laughs> you know, just thinking like, oh, you know, he's he's getting some nookie. My boy's in there getting some fuck. Yeah, I was like, hell, hell yeah. yeah. So the next day I asked him about it. And he goes, nah, dude, I was dead asleep. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. And he goes, are you talking about? He was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you didn't hear the knocks and scratches? He goes, well, when I woke up, I heard those, and uh, I-, I thought those were you. And I was like, no. And he goes, well, they sounded like they were coming from my closet. <laughs> so, but that was the only time I ever really heard those knocks or scratches. Um, and then, Abby, I know you constantly said that you heard f- footsteps coming up and down the hallway or out in the living room all the time. Yeah. And I always chalked it up. Now, you know, it's just you being Letting you know right now, if I'm sleeping in that room and I hear that, I'm putting at least nine rounds through your floor. When I was house-sitting while y'all were at your bachelor party or whatever the fuck, I was here by myself. <laughs> and I was like, Mm-mm. like, I was blasting princess diana fucking docu- <laughs> documentaries the whole time like yeah what if nothing's going diana? on <laughs> nothing's going no. on everything's fine yeah so i'm gonna let you know right shit. now if i hear noises coming from your closet i'm putting nine rounds in the but floor. i was texting daniel the whole time like no i'm telling you this shit is crazy and christian's like no you're fucking stupid <laughs> so i'm gonna keep that last shot in case something comes out so <laughs> I finally, I, more than one thing. you know, I finally kind of <laughs> well, heard it multiple times and like, I would tell it, you know, basically shut the fuck up. And then I was told to not do that anymore because it was pissing it off. So I started getting nicer to it. Um, Nothing which, like agitating the spirits. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I kind of, I didn't really have anything going on once I figured out exactly what was going on and, and know that it was attached to me, not really the house. Um, I started feeling like different stuff in different areas. You know, I go to a certain place and like my chest would start feeling heavy, like something was kind of like pushing on it. Um, those kind of experiences. Um, I did go on a bridge uh, up in Gettysburg known as uh, either Suicide Bridge or Crybaby Bridge. And when I was on the asphalt, I was perfectly fine. When I got on the bridge and the closer I got to the center of it, the more sad and depressed I got. Um, and then I'd walk across the bridge. I'd be perfectly fine. Walk back, and I stood in the in the middle of the bridge and almost started crying because I felt so much sadness, so much depression in that one area. And like I, I was on the brink of tears, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Like I really can't take it. And I and I got off the bridge perfectly. I fine. feel like it's worth to mention also that you're not a crier. Like you don't yeah. go around crying for everything. I don't think I've seen you cry a single time. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know it's kind of funny because I have that same exact feeling. 
when I walk out of the house to go to my work van to go to work in the morning. <laughs> the closer I get to the van, the, the sadder I get. So, and I mean, um, I've had a few other experiences too. Like, uh, I saw a shadow figure walking into my house. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, I saw a shadow figure. <laughs> yeah. I saw a shadow figure walk from my bed to the bathroom. This is a bad advertisement. Um, I want you to know. <laughs> I woke up one night and I opened my eyes and I saw a white mist in front of my bathroom door and I saw it disappear. And then I, and then I heard my bathroom door like open and close almost like it was knocking like different, like different types change. of pressures. Yeah. yeah. And then that knocked and then like, it, like almost about as much time it takes someone to open and close the door, walk to my bedroom door and open and close that. I heard I heard my bedroom door open and close or knock. Um, the shadow person uh, was recent. That was, uh, I think, last week. Um, <laughs> I was putting uh, clothes in the washing machine and I took and I just got home. So the sun was like to my back. So there was no way for it to be over next to my um, back door. And I took two steps back and I turned my head to the left and I was looking at the back door and I saw a shadow figure take two steps into my house and I blinked and it was gone. Um, I had a spoon that was sitting in my my sink for about uh, probably a fucking week and mm. jump jumping over the jumping over the gate, you know, beating and banging and stuff like that. Never moved. I walked by the spoon recently, I think last week, too. I walked <laughs> by it and the spoon moved like it moved and dropped farther into the sink um that happened to me so um but no i think it's my backpacker cool yeah well let's end with your awesome story that you brought with you yep so if you how you uh, how you feeling after hearing all this garrett great be nice to him and he'll be nice to you yeah so if you remember back to the um, uh, serial killer murder episode that we did, I talked about the Amityville uh, murder with Ronnie DeFeo. Um, this is going to be the aftermath of that and the Lutz family that moved in. And then I have a surprise at the very end of it. So it was called the Amityville Psychic Slumber Party. <clears throat> And this is kind of the Amityville Psychic Slumber Party. I will not be saying that. I was about to say, Garrett. (laughs) So after the DeFeo uh, family was murdered, George and Kathy Lutz purchased the house. They bought the three-story colonial house for $80,000 in December of 1975. With inflation, that is equivalent to $387,033.46 in today's money. Holy cow. Yep. I even did the inflation math. I Googled it. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm related to some sluts. Probably not them. So not. I know some sluts. The day after the day after they purchased the house, the Lutz family had Father Ray uh, Pic- uh, Picararo bless the house. <laughs> During the cleansing, Father Ray felt an, felt an unseen hand slap him in the sewing room they had and her get out. Uh, he then began to have flu-like symptoms, and his hands began to bleed, according to George Lutz. That's, a, that's not from Father Ray. That was from George Lutz himself. Um, they began noticing strange odors. Um, the house wouldn't get warm for days, and the front door would slam shut in the middle of the night. Um, the Lutzes said that they would keep the fireplace on trying to get the warm, um, try, trying to get the house warm all the time. 
The they've had unexplainable uh, gelatinous drops that were found on the carpet as well. Um, at times, George would claim to see his wife transform into a 90 year old woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also claims he would wake up at 3:15 almost every day. That was about around the same time that the DeFeos were murdered. Um, he said he said that he heard children's beds slamming up and down on the floor, um, but he was immobilized by an unseen force that would keep him in one spot. So sleep paralysis. Right. So two months after all that, um, the Lutz family had uh, reporter Laura DiDio um, come into the house. Uh, she Laura DiDio. She she was a um, okay. uh, reporter for Channel 5 News. Sorry, you spit that out so fast it didn't even sound like a word or a name. Sorry. Um, then this is literally shorthanded. There's, there's so much more on this, but um, – she was assembled with a group of psychic researchers to evaluate evaluate the family's claims. Um, one of those investigators um, was Lorraine Warren from Ed and Lorraine Warren. They were very famous paranormal investigators at the time, and um, they're both passed away now. But they they literally just steamrolled the path for the paranormal uh, investigations and stuff. Shout like that. Shout out Zach Bagans. So no, no, no fuck no. him. Yep. Don't get thrown into a ditch. He's baggins anyway, and he's he's a fraud. But I digress. Um, The investigators spent a night in the house, um, which was later known as the psychic slumber party. Lorraine Warren remembered an overwhelming feeling of horror and depression in the house. Um, Not much happened that night, other than a few psychics did get sick. Um, I do believe there was a seance that was done also in the sewing room. And that, like, some people would feel, you know, oh, the the entity is over here. The entity was over there. So there was a lot of, like, hype going on. Um, There was also a photo that was taken. Um, In the photo, you see a little boy peeking out, uh, which some believe that that was one of the DeFeo children. But it is also said that it could have been the other reporter that was with Laura DiDio on his knees, too. With that all happening... There has been a lot of speculation saying that, you know, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Um, George Lutz came out and said that if it was all a hoax, why would they leave all their belongings there in the house? And, you know, they would have basically came up with a better story than what they came up with. So were they did they have money? No. Well, it they were comfortable. They were comfortable. But not enough to replenish an entire house worth of shit. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yes and no. I mean, the thing is, is like a lot of the stuff in the house were still the DeFeo's shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because they didn't have any kind of house cl- clearing, you know, a um, estate sale or anything for the DeFeo stuff. Right. So a lot of the house was still set up with the DeFeo's. Um, but it was, in my opinion, it's a good way to get publicity. Okay. You know, this murder just happened, yep. and then a year later, you move into this house, and it's like, dude, this is a perfect way to perfect way to get famous. Um, I was to say, nonetheless, you're going to have people who want to come pay you money to check your house out. Exactly. So um, once the def- once excuse me once the Lutzes moved out, the next owner of, owners of the house stated that. Nothing weird has ever happened to them um, except people coming to the house because of the book and the movie and just people (laughs) bothering them. Um, And then when they sold the house in 2016, the new owners then also said nothing's nothing's fucking happened to us either. So um, my very, very good friend, um, Ghosty Girl, I was talking to her about it. 
And this was back when I was doing the Amityville DeFeo murders. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's haunted and stuff like that. And she goes, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it is. She goes, no. I said, well, how do you know? She goes, because Lorraine Warren told us. When Lorraine Warren was alive, a um, mutual friend of them, uh, she would come down to where a ghosty girl lives and they would all talk and stuff like that. And Amityville came up and Lorraine Warren basically said, you know, yeah, it, it was all fake. It was all made up. And Lorraine Warren, yeah, Lorraine Warren did, you know, feel, you know, an uneasy presence, something like that. But that doesn't prove that all those events really happened. Though. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of the the thing. It kind of popped my bubble a little bit because like, oh, man, they basically like, just used her as a supporting factor to try to prove whatever they said was true. Yeah. So some, some praise with her name. A lot of say so in that area. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is like. I've listened to a lot of interviews with Laura DiDio in it because she's still around. She's she's one of really the only ones left around from it. And, you know, she said that she did have uneasy feelings and stuff like that. And Which you're going to because the whole family was murdered in yeah, that house. Yeah. So, you know, and she's felt like when, when George Lutz passed away, like right when he passed away, she felt like she had to call Lorraine Warren. She was in the middle of doing a report on biotechnology or something like that. And she just like immediately was like, I need to call Lorraine. I, I need to call Lorraine right now. Not like, oh, I'm going to, you know, oh, yeah, I need to call her and never do. Like, it was like, no, I need to pick up the phone right now and call her. And she called Lorraine. And then the next day, the news broke that George Lutz died at that time. And she called Lorraine again and said, you know, hey, did you see this? And Lorraine was like, yeah, I, I see it. So there could be a connection there. There could not be. Um, but, you know, I'm not I'm not here to, you know, say, yes, it did happen. No, it didn't happen. But with the evidence that I see, I believe that it was all a hoax. You know, yeah, there could have been some stuff going on, but not to the extent that they have it said. It was blown out of proportion. Exactly. Ghosts. So I will leave you all with that. Um, and you all can do whatever you want with that information. So let's go out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, follow us on spots. Let's try again. Three, two, four. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, follow us on Spotify. You can also like us on Facebook at the Dirty Dirty Show and email us at Dirty Dirty Show at gmail.com. We also have a TikTok. It is at the Dirty Dirty Show. And we have an Instagram now. What is that Instagram, Abby? The Dirty Dirty Show. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, follow us on all that. If nobody else has anything to add, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. everybody. All right, we'll catch you later.